Welcome to You, Me, and Mike. I'm Jen Todrick, otherwise known as the Rambling Redhead on Instagram and the host and designer of No DeMoreno on HGTV. And I'm Mike. And I'm also known as Mike. And he's Mike. Applause. Anyone? <laughs> Applause. Okay. Well, that sounds really important. It's not as important as the third person in this equation, which is you. We love sharing our life with all of you on Instagram and HGTV, but here we get to dive deeper into topics that you suggest. Answer questions you submitted. And share stories that impact us all. Cue the music. <laughs> the music is already played, Mike. Oh, it is? <laughs> well, there it is. It is the week after Veterans Day. Is it, is. it Veterans Day or Veterans Day? Are you saying with the T or D? No, it's, I got this on Instagram and it stumped me. Is it Veterans Day or Veterans Day? Do you like put the emphasis on the E? You're a veteran. How did you just say it there? Veterans Day. Veterans Day. It's not Veterans Day. I don't know why. It seems like it's an extra syllable. Veterans. No, no one Veter- put it. Veter- no one Veter- put Veter- a D. Is it like you're rolling your T's at this point. No, I'm not. Veterans. No, I'm not. No. Veterans Day. Veter- Veterans Day. Veterans Day. Veterinarians okay. Day. <laughs> so we solved it. It's That's Veterans great. Day. That's right. It is. Yeah. Well, it was locked in yes. Veterans Day. We want to say heard it here. thank you so much. <laughs> we had a just random. I gave no heads up because it was a um, kind of a smaller batch of items that we were selling, and so I went on Instagram on Veterans Day. And if you saw it, you saw it. But we did a fundraiser for the ninety eight fund. It's my class fund for. Veterans or family, Gold Star families. It's a really, really, really good uh, uh, charitable organization that was started, like I said, by my classmates. It's awesome. Yeah, it was a really good organization. So thank you so much. Um, y'all sold out everything we had um, in yeah. well under an hour, which is crazy. Right. Um, and so, I mean, we didn't have that low of stock. <laughs> I was surprised no, we by had a that. Lot. I mean, it was it was quite a bit. And the so coolest thing you. is thank you guys. And honestly, y'all raised over $13,000 for that charity yes. which is super cool and we'll announce that later and do some more things with it but that's that yeah. was incredible and it's gonna it's gonna do some good for a lot of just, families just from, it's gonna do a lot of good it was so awesome so thank you again for everyone who showed so up cool on instagram for that hey we're back to we're Jen. back I've, <laughs> I've been in a dark cave of sickness the past <laughs> three days you have been mike's been a single parent <laughs> I, it's yeah you were in, and i was you know feeding you soup he was not feeding me, but bringing me. I only ate one bowl of soup a day. It's yeah. like, I, I didn't even have stomach problems. I just, my body just didn't want to eat. Vaughn looked at me one night from the door frame and he was like, mom, I've never seen you in bed like this. And I started laughing because it was so genuine. And I was thinking back the last time I was sick in bed was when I was pregnant with Vivi and I had the flu. Right. And, and who knows? Maybe I had that this time. I don't know. I don't but know. yeah, I thought that he doesn't remember that. Well, you're better now. I mean, yeah. mostly, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm still like 100, but like I'm hey, good. Hey, here you are pushing through yeah, to, to get up on this podcast, Jen. I know we talked about it this morning and <laughs> Jen was like, do we do it? Or you, you were like, I'm going to do it this morning because we've been two weeks that we haven't done it. And yeah, I assume we were going to do it because you were feeling not 100%, but hey, let's roll. Let's do this. I can sit in my pajamas and talk to you. On you, the foot of a you guest do that, bed. You do that on Instagram. Exactly. So like there's no <laughs> excuse for me not to film this. Dang it. Record this today. Record what? I keep saying film this. Record this podcast. There's no excuse for me not well, to. Well, we are recording. I mean, that's how they're hearing it. Oh, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> I am paying attention. Okay, All so. Right, what are we talking about today? I think a good place to start is West Point. Why did you go? Why did you go to West Point? 
Wow. You just throat burped <laughs> into the mic. That is why. <laughs> that uh, My stomach answered for me. I had great food. Actually, fun fact, West Point was rated worst food in all college when I was there. So, yeah. Are you serious? That. It was. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. We had, it was edible. It's because it's because it, you didn't have to pay to go there, yeah. probably. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, there were a lot of privileges to be, to go yeah. in there. So I grew up in Milwaukee and I was kind of a modest family. I would say middle, lower class family, but not in a lower class standpoint. Mom's a hairdresser. My dad's, a, my stepdad was a car salesman and my dad and mom were split up, but you know, I still, you know, spent time with my dad and there was an influence particularly for my dad to go into the army and go do in, or at least serve in the military. And because your dad did it and your grandpa, did get, it, my correct? dad was in the army. My grandfather was a Marine uh, fighter pilot and it was in world war two. And so I always had this idea that I wanted to serve and it wasn't like you have to serve. It you didn't feel like the no, pressure. There wasn't a pressure okay. on it, but I did a business trip my sophomore year with my dad and I visited the air force Academy and it really just sparked this like, Holy crap, this is super cool. You get to be in the military. It's, college and people are talking about how awesome it is and how cool it is and and it's free and that was another thing we didn't have like money for college so it was scholarships or loans were my only options so smart my parents like tried (laughs) to push the scholarships and i looked up if i could get a scholarship for having red hair and i got five hundred dollars and i literally thought i was done that's a real thing yes and i was like you're welcome you're welcome I did a lot of work for that. It you served know? you well. And you're so sweet. Like, you were like, I'm on my own. Like, I have to pay for the, yeah. all of this. Yeah, Which was, is why you don't want us to tell our kids that we're paying right. for their college. You want them to think you they- You got to figure it out. <laughs> okay, sorry. Side You know, my grandfather, there was there was a small amount of money, but it would have maybe paid for one semester of college. That's, right. That's basically what we had for saved up. Or it was loans. and Or, or again, ROTC or West Point was the options for me. And I really wanted to do something that I felt was- I guess a duty to our country. And I always had that, you know, organically within me. And maybe it's from my family or just from the, 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 my mentality of like our country is pretty dang awesome. And despite the flaws we have, I think we're just the best country in the world, the best system. And I wanted to be a part of it. So, yeah. So I was very blessed and very lucky to be able to get into West Point. It was uh, a long process. (laughs) Yeah. You, when you were telling me about the process when we were dating, I was like, I couldn't imagine you have to like meet with congressmen and a senator and like all these things. And it's like, you have to be really driven and really want to go there when you literally could just take a test and apply online. Like that's, and I thought that was an inconvenience for my life whenever (laughs) I was 18, you know, like I I would say, I guess there's some of the naivety of youth where I was like, Oh, this is just what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to go talk to a congressman. I'm going to go talk to someone. You like weren't intimidated. No, I mean, not really, because I guess you don't think about, it's just another, in my mind, it was just another person. It wasn't like a celebrity. It was a congressman. So right. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go talk to this guy. And it was a committee. And and I, I had to follow this old school. I asked my counselor about it. They gave me this like postcard from the 1980s. Oh, you asked them like, can I have help applying yeah. to West Point? Okay. Yeah. So they pulled out, it was in this like old bin and they pulled it out and I swear it had dust on it. It was like thick and it was, it was old. It was nasty and we could barely read it, but I sent it in oh to God. the Academy and they sent me back this big like packet of things to do. And you know, it was just like, okay, check the box, do this, do that, do that. And did yeah. you say no one had applied at your high school for like for over time. 10 years? Yeah. Yeah, for, you know, obviously for multiple years, the counselor had no idea what to do. They're like, um. So you really had to like figure it out on your own, which and this is like, And this so is pre-internet days, Jen. I know. Pre-internet. I'm so proud of 18-year-old And that just want to make Mike. sure people realize that <laughs> I was actually 16 at the time. I was, because my, 16 or 17, between those wow. ages. So 
yeah, I think the people, the kid, the, like if parents are out there and you're wondering how your kids can get into it, it's the, they don't, the academies don't want just, just smart people. They want kids that are young people that are involved in athletics. Basically, I think 98% of kids at West Point, it's like between 95 and 90% of a varsity letter in one sport. They're usually involved in student senate and outside like volunteer activities. And they generally have, you know, good grades and high ACT, SAT scores. Okay. So, so you got, they look for well-roundedness. And Were you in ROTC now that I've never no, asked you didn't, this? That wasn't even exist in my high school. There was no ROTC program or JROTC. Yeah, that didn't exist, which I know it's bigger here in Texas, but it, it, it was not a thing in Wisconsin at all. You literally got in with good grades. And amazing looks. Okay. All right. <laughs> you think the men who were interviewing you were they like, did. he it is just handsome. Men. It was actually a panel and one of them were like, their moms and, okay. and, you know, on there, now I think it was the moms. Weird. I think you the moms were the ones that, Ugh, yeah. Mike, come like, on. Look at this handsome little hobbit. This guy. <laughs> 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 He's so confident himself. Let's give it to him. We need a like, short person. <laughs> I was like the uh, uh, the English bulldog. I have no idea how ugly I am, and I'm just like, man, I would look good. And you're Whatever. like, the bulldogs are so confident in what they are. You're like, they are. the cutest animal in the world. Yeah, they are cute. I think bulldogs <laughs> are really cute. Okay, well, so you get into West Point. Yeah, so did West Point. I was a system engineer, and it was... I mean, it was it was an interesting experience. I think there could be a whole podcast about the time there besides this one. But I enjoyed, overall enjoyed my time there. I made yeah. a lot of amazing friends. It wasn't easy. Particularly that first year was such huge culture shock. But you get so indoctrinated into it. And I guess, I don't know if this is the right word. And I've used this before. And I still think it's the right word for it. But you almost become institutionalized. That, yeah, when you talk to me about yeah. college, I feel bad for you. I'm but, like, that is not a college experience. People who go to West Point don't actually experience normal it's, it's college. A different, it's a different. You don't kind have of, sorority and no. frat parties and like mixers. You and got like, weird stuff that you do. Trust, but the but, but like there are what, so many traditions. I'm telling, like, <laughs> I don't care. But I'm just saying, like, that's a normal like college it's experience. Not it's like dating college. around and yeah. like. It's not traditional college experience, but it is its Makes own experience. Makes me sad for you. But but the institutionalization of it is is that especially your freshman year, you just become so bonded and entrenched with the people that are dealing with yeah. the suck with you. You become such good the friends. Suck. I mean, it's kind of like you're embracing the suck, and you really grow a strong bond with those yeah. people. And there's some intentionality in it because in the military, not everything looking combat and things like that. Things aren't usually. There's a lot of un comfortable unhappy things and unthings so you have to like really bond with the people to your left right because you've got to trust you got to trust the person you know you you know yeah would you say that like i think you told me this maybe i had in my head that you're like quote-unquote party days were like right after college yeah when you got out of college whereas when the day i graduated college i was like all right i need a wife up and have a kid like i got real (laughs) serious real fast i did not i did not say i need a wife up the second i got out of the military that was me no but yeah our senior like you couldn't you you literally would get into serious trouble and and potentially get kicked out if you were caught drinking underage there if you there's a whole honor code system cadets not lie cheat or steal or nor tolerate those do so if you're caught doing any one of those you would get an honor board and if it was serious enough they people would literally get kicked out for lying cheating or stealing didn't you say you couldn't even leave campus until you were a junior no you could leave campus you but it was certain times you had earned a certain amount of leaves your freshman year you could leave one time (gasps) the first semester each semester so and then there was always christmas break though so christmas break was a normal break i Um, went home so much yeah 
And it, well, but I was, this was also New York and I had to fly home. So it wasn't like I was, so you wouldn't have yeah, anyway. it was in, okay. so I went, when I had leave, I went to bought, I had a good friend of mine that lived in Boston. And then when I was older, we went down to the city. So in New York city. So we would go down the city all the time, especially our senior year. And you could have a car. The only time you could have a car on campus. I think you can do it now as a junior, but when I was there was a senior. So the only time you could have a car was your senior year. You know and what? to make it worse, this car, you had to park it. And I'm not, this is no joke. You had to park it about a mile away from where you, where you like lived, and it was Why? Up, and it was uphill because that's where the kid at parking lot was. I think you just make it more sucky. I don't know what <laughs> it was. Literally, you would walk uphill, so it was this like. 20 30 minute thing that you'd be like okay all right i gotta go get my stupid car so like people just didn't leave and go like to the movies in the middle of the week because it was right. such a pain in the butt to go get your stupid car well and now i was about to say i can see now how your bond would be strong because you guys were forced in captivity there to where you couldn't leave so like Straight. of course you had to hang you had to yeah. make your own fun yeah there's a lot of stupid there's so many like i'm sure there's some maybe there's like a couple academy people are listening to this, but there are some weird traditions and things that we've had and you do and you just out of boredom <laughs> yeah it's probably what most of it out of it's out of Got it. but anyway so did that was commissioned in the military um i went and became an armor officer and i went into the third armored cavalry regiment so i was kind of a cavalry officer even though it was a armor officer branch or the armor branch but i was a cab officer and you hear that name armor in there well, I'm warm. okay it's there it is. Oh, forecasting for oh, wait foreshadowing should we skip ahead and insert voice and no? no. Okay. No. All right. Well, that'll Just be. Just keep going. Sure. Yeah. That'd be too much to 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I served five years. I did a deployment um, in Bosnia, which dates me as well. And after five years, I chose to uh, leave the military and go into the corporate world. He got a Purple Heart in Bosnia. I did do that. I do know that. That did happen. And we get to park up front and select yeah, restaurants yes, little, and it's kind of a weird like if it's a weird feeling to be able to park up front because your husband got hit with a grenade yeah it's like every time we do it i go thank you for your service babe it's very weird <laughs> yeah. thanks bjs for letting me park up front because i got hit by a grenade yeah it, it's yeah i mean that's a whole other story yeah. and thing but it's it was a I, I would say my deployment and just amongst a lot of other things, there's, it opens your eyes up, especially as a very young man to oh, what sure. the reality of the world is. And, and how again, good we have it. Well, and that's, people don't even know. And, and that's where I would go back in my perspective truly is based on my experiences of seeing things outside this comfort that we have. And despite how frustrated, you know, how much conflict we have between a lot of people in this in this country that want to create conflict, whether you're left or right, and the order. flaws that our country yeah. has. And there are and a lot. Is working but but the thing is, is even with that, it's still the best system. And I've seen the worst of the worst in humanity. And right. people can be bad, and we're we are really really blessed to be able to, I guess, argue and be able to you know, <laughs> make, have an opinion, make, have yeah. opinions, Amen. and make and make drama, and you know, like so, you know, yeah. it's it's it is a different thing, and that's and that you know guided my perspective with, and that's not the reason why I got out. I got out just because tail end of my career, it became unfun and became more of a job. And, um, I had one mentor in me that one time told me is that this just becomes a job, get out, do something else because you, your time get better served. And I loved being a platoon leader, it's which good is advice, honestly, yeah. like your heart needs to stay yeah, in it. Yeah. Cause here. it's not, it's not a extremely lucrative job. Now you retire. It's great, great benefits. I mean, people are well taken in the military if you spend a full career and you generally retire with, you know, at least 50% of your, your pay plus, um, uh, you know, uh, insurance and things like that. It's, it's okay. good. And most people get jobs. And heck, I would be retired right now. Think about this. I got, I was commissioned at 21. I would have retired at 41 if I was spent 20 years in. 
That's crazy. Right, right? I mean, I want to, you can start other careers, Poa. So there yeah. is a, it is a great place to either start a career even for five years or spend 20 years and doing that. I, I mean, I really genuinely enjoyed my military time. I just got out because the tail end of it was the stuff that I liked doing, I was promoted beyond doing. And the, the amount of time you actually get to lead soldiers and do things that like what I thought the job was, was which is a combat arms officer, right. became more staff related. And that was the time to transition to the corporate, corporate world. world. Yeah. I want to take a moment really quick to talk about our sponsor of this podcast, which is Seed. Seed Symbiotic. I have been talking about that multiple times over on Instagram. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it. It is a game changer. It is a probiotic and a prebiotic. I first got into it when I was looking into why I have acne problems. I learned so much about gut health affects your face and acne. And so that's when I dived into it. But why I keep taking it is because I don't have any bloating anymore. And then my cramps are minimal to non-existent whenever I'm taking it regularly. I'm sure you've heard a lot of people say probiotics don't do anything. It's worthless. And what's happening with that is by the time it gets to our intestines where it needs to be to help the poop and all the things, it's been destroyed by a stomach acid. And how they changed the game is they wrapped the probiotic in a prebiotic capsule. So the prebiotic protects it and then it can actually help your body and you can actually see changes by taking this probiotic with seed. So start a new healthy habit today by taking seed just like I have. Visit seed.com backslash redhead and use code redhead25 to get 25% off of your first month of seeds DS1 daily symbiotic. Again, that's seed.com backslash redhead. I keep wanting to say backsplash, but that ain't it. Seed.com backslash redhead and use code redhead25, or you can always find the link in our show notes. Okay. So now... Can I, can I tell this part? Sure. So now, Mike. You can probably do it in more brevity than I can. <laughs> Less details. <laughs> so sweet baby Mike. How old are you, 27? Yeah. 26 to 27-year-old yeah. baby Mike. Just about to be 27. That's right. Just about to be 27, baby Mike lands himself working for a company called Don't Tell Me. Hold on, I know it. Mm-hmm. Something with Boston. Wrong. I mean, hold on. Became, became something with Boston. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I don't remember the first part. It was called Guidant. Guidant. That's right, I didn't know that. So he um, lands himself a job in the medical device sales to where he actually serves his whole rest of his corporate career before he leaves it to do armor. Literally 17 years doing nearly the exact same job in different roles from clinical to sales to management, director role. And it was two companies, four companies, but actually two, because Guidant got acquired by Boston, and then it moved to another company called St. Jude, which got acquired by Abbott, and mm-hmm. all great companies. It was an awesome career. I was, yeah. I was a... I remember when yeah. I met you and you said you worked for St. Jude. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's amazing. Wow, so good of you to work yeah. for that cancer, <laughs> the cancer group for children. And he goes, he goes, yeah, that's not it. Yeah. He goes, a lot of people think that, and yeah. we just kind of nod, but that's 100% yeah, there not so many, what we work for. We, there was, the role I was in when I was with that company was still as a sales rep, and we actually got to work in the surgery with the doctors, and then we would see patients, and I'd wear scrubs and check people's pacemakers and defibrillators as part of the, the sales. There was, a, there was a clinical engineering role part of it, which was, I guess, part of my engineering job was, was coming into it because it was a very nerdy yet personable sales like it was very clinical science and yeah. relationships so it, was, it matched my personality well and I did enjoy it and I was really lucky I had awesome, a lot of awesome customers that I worked with I still have friends of mine a lot of doctors that I were were my clients are still right. friends to this day with me <laughs> they get on the show every once in a while <laughs> no, that's right, that's right. <laughs> let me renovate their homes <laughs> it's true um but then but with the patients we had I mean I had a lot of elderly patients that would give me like 
oh, Mike, I am so happy I have this pacemaker because I give money to, was it Danny White's organization? I give your company money every month. And I'm like, first I was like, no, you don't. Like, it's a different <laughs> company. And I eventually just got him like, well, I'm just going to let the figment of, of the, the illusion just continue. Not just like, you know what? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That means That's a lot. Awful. Because it, I mean, it's people not worth felt it. it wasn't worth like trying to explain it because people were like, that doesn't make sense. I'm yeah. like, yeah, one's a charity. This is a for-profit company. A little yeah. bit like, but it was. That is hilarious. <laughs> but it was a cool job. I got to work in, in, in really, it was a very unique job. And, it, and I probably, without having the military experience and the West Point background, I don't think I would have, yeah. I deserved any right to be in that job as a, engineer and then an armor tanker cavalry officer to be able to get a job in clinical work that was working with doctors like again you're I'm, smart i yeah. don't think that's right but <laughs> you know there's so many people that like nurses and p- physicians assistants and even doctors like people there's so many people that but specialize you even, but you even it. said a lot of west pointers were ended up in your yeah. position, which is in your... which is why i would say the pe- my predecessors yeah. proved themselves somebody took a risk on somebody and said hey let's give this man or woman a, ch- a chance in it and they succeeded and i think it's that drive and that autonomy that that's one thing i think a lot at least for me it's it's you have to have a ton like a lot of autonomy and be able to figure things out and that's one of the reasons why i took the job even i had a job offer with craft in chicago as like a, cheese it, yeah. like macking cheese yeah. yeah and they were gonna send me what the heck were you thinking you should have done that i know i could have sold craft macaroni and cheese <laughs> But it was for a marketing. I don't know if that would have been impressive when I met you. <laughs> it was for a brand manager job, and they were going to pay for my MBA to go to like Kellogg, which is one of the top schools in the world. That was one of my goals was to get an MBA, and I paused it just because of how expensive. How did it was. I not know that yeah. story? That's hilarious literally, to me. So here's we're, so there's two things, and I'm not going to say this was the best reason, and this is the honest button why I chose to go to the medical sales world. Is it was that's the nurses? You wanted to be a hot nurse. You wanted to meet a hot nurse? Dad, that's it. That's <laughs> that, that was the reason. It's all about the nurses. I thought so. I knew it. <laughs> I freaking knew it. No, it was, it was number one, um, the pay was better in medical devices. Let's be honest. That was like that's the honest, first yeah. thing. There was The pay was better. Number two, it wasn't in an office. And that was, I remember walking through the craft headquarters and it was yeah. all these cubicles and all these things. And I'm like, so you have to come in every single day. And that's what my last six months in the army was. I was working in a staff job and it was like oh, going to the queue. Yeah. Okay. And I hated it. Right. A lot like, of men do not do well oh, with that. I, like going and was just. A lot of women just don't do well with it. Awful. Yeah. And so the thought of having to go to this cubicle every day and do all, like it just, it just didn't energize me. And the third thing, and this is really where I would say some of the, the drive aspect, I, I really was going back and forth and like, okay, what, of value am I providing? And the medical world that was like, medical device world was like, okay, well, we're working with patients. We're generally Saving helping lives. improve people's lives, right. save them, and I get to work with patients. How awesome is that? And then this one, I'm selling cheese. I'm selling, Mac- not oh, just cheese, sir, I'm selling processed cheese. You take it back. <laughs> selling mac and cheese is more important than you're leading know, it to be. I know, No, I get what you're saying. I think that's a great choice. I think it yeah, shows. It's, and especially, okay, so how many years ago is this? Over 20-something years? I, I don't know if men... I don't know. The times are changing, right? Whereas women are working too and women can be the breadwinners. But like back then, the were back you then. also, th- no, I'm saying, were you thinking more like when men probably choose like money, they're thinking I'm going to have to provide for a yeah. family yeah, sometime I mean, and it might, some be, it might get on but, my shoulders. You know, there's, and this will like, if part of this is even the aspect of a lot of men 
we put value, and women do this as well. I'm sure they do. I, I can only yeah. speak for myself and, and generalize men. But it's... <laughs> I love generalizing <laughs> a gender. All, all it, gender. Won't, it won't get us to but, get canceled but at all. Say, I know for the, but for the most part, I mean, at least the buddies and, everyone, and, and people that I know, a lot of men with this, we keep, we get affirmation through external rewards that come from work. Work is really ingrained into the importance of our psyche of saying if you do this right. you're providing for your family and you're also be able to protect your family so you feel good and it, it does it makes it provi- the providing aspect of it is just or ingrained at least in me absolutely ingrained like that is part of my duty my role my responsibility as a man mm-hmm. and then maybe eventually a father maybe eventually a husband all the things and in, 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 in part of that is that is an important component of it, it was an important right. piece of it and so yeah you know the ability to make money it's not just to make money it's also to provide for them that's part of it right yeah. but then there's that ego aspect and men also and i had a struggle with it as a young man i'd start you know like you want more you want to be able to have a job and affirmations and successes and things to be able to like to have that can boost you up and say you're doing great you've done this and you and that makes you feel good right. but if you keep you know like for me keeping to continue to chase that isn't it's healthy it's uh-huh. not healthy and it took it did take me a while to kind of get out of that rat race. And that's the yeah. reality of it. It's like, okay, what's the next? What's the next? What's the next? And there's a certain point where you have to say there honestly, is no next. Honestly, I feel like that's even a good segue into 2000. That's right. 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when there was a really big change in our home as far as like how Mike was feeling. Mike, I feel like if you've lived with a spouse who didn't like their job and you knew it and it was very apparent, you know how hard it is and how it disrupts the whole dynamic, especially within a marriage. We weren't struggling like that, luckily, but it, it his, his unhappiness and he wasn't like crying to me and miserable, but he just wasn't like happy at the end of the day. And he's like, I really don't love my job anymore and I'm not getting fulfillment from it or like purpose. And so what happened is over time, whenever he would always be exhausted or like annoyed, I think that's a better word, annoyed with his job, (laughs) it would like come on to me. And then I would feel that pressure too, to where, and then finally I'd, I would be like, you can't stay here. Like you have to be happy. You're working full time. You have to keep working. I'm not working. I can work, but that's like a whole conversation that we're going to have to talk about. So I think the easiest job, well, you don't know what my future holds. I could work for, I'm working now, but I didn't know that I was a stay at home (laughs) mom back then. Um, and I, you know, it was more so just like it, but that doesn't matter. It's like each individual in life has to be really happy. And so that you have to take on each person to make them feel whole and whatever they're missing. And so, but there's, but I want to make sure people don't just chase happiness because if you're chasing something for the next best thing, that's also not a healthy thing to do. No, Mike's was different. Mike, Mike, not to cut you off, but I don't know if you'll remember this. Mike's was more like he was frustrated with the work and family balance and so there was a lot of times where you were on call on weekends and our kids were getting early. older and things were missing. We were missing, you were missing things or you were just I was tired. traveling a lot early you on. You were traveling yeah. a ton. And so we kind of started to get to a place where we were like, this money is a blessing. Mike was doing very well. He had built a very successful career and I was so proud of him for that. But it got to the point where we were like, we would look at each other and I said, I am okay if we have to sell our house and downsize you just need to find something that makes you happy because you can't come home and be at night when we're talking, when we're talking during our show or whatever. And only, I just want to see you like excited about something again. And what excitement meant for Mike 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it meant basically a promotion to VP. But if he made VP, Whoa. he was going to be gone building that back up. Right. And it was a total like um, opposite of what we were trying to achieve. Yeah. So in that same time, I, I went to get my MBA. So I went to an executive SM program here at SMU and it was an awesome program and yeah. you know, it did pull me away on the weekends. I know Jen still has talked about this in the past. It was oh, when Berkeley was young. And, but my part of my initial intent was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this program. And another benefit was it was partially paid for by the military from a GI Bill and it was running out. I had like a 15-year timeline to use this. And I was like, well, I might as well take advantage of this. So we did. I went to the program and that the initial intent was thinking, Hey, this is going to help for promotion to continue to move on, which I knew was not it. Well, I was like, this is not going to help you. You would move up without this. Don't even play me. Maybe that's part of it. But it was also, you know, again, I, I wanted I to learn. There's things that yeah. I genuinely want to learn. Like I didn't understand finance well, and I'm glad I went to the program. I still understand finance better and business right. that merged the acquisitions and things like that, that I didn't understand yeah. that that's part of that program. Um, but during that program, there was a job that came up available in my, in my area. And that was the one I was like, Hey, this is the time I'm going to put, you know, put my name in the hat for this. And when I was, I was passed over for that VP role for the first time. And it was that, yeah. that internal look like, do I want this job? Is this the right thing? And I remember having a conversation with one of the uh, one of the individuals higher than me, and, and I kind of had that conversation. He's like, "Look, you kind of he basically said it correctly, and I'm glad he told me. He was like, he basically said, you want your cake and eat it too. You don't want to move, you don't want to travel, and you want the next role.' And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. What's the problem?" <laughs> but the reality is that wasn't the rea- That isn't you're reality. Also, you're also missing something too. To, when you start hitting those vice president roles, I'm sorry, but you got to be a yes man. That's what they want. They don't want someone coming in here and disrupting things, right? And Mike is not a yes man. If something's not going to work, if he doesn't agree with it, he's going to freaking say yeah, it. I'm kind of and I've man. always respected you for that. You are no yes man. You are no, yes, I will pop over there right now. No. Yes, I will take this person to dinner because you want me to. Yes, I will. No, it's you'll like do it's what's not. right for the business, and I'll do what's right that's needed to do to be able to drive it wasn't value. A, it wasn't but a it's family not, strengthening no, job. It wasn't. No, and, and, and I, look, I... I give everyone credit to doing it. I have a lot of friends that are in that role and they, yeah. they're able to manage it and more power to them. But I just know my binary way of looking at things is either all in or then I get frustrated. Wait, you just made me sound mean. <laughs> no, but it's, <laughs> I'm just talking about us. You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a job. It's, it's a tough job. It's, yeah. there are a lot of people in that role. That, again, every family is different. Yeah. Every person's different. Every dynamic's different. And some spouses have, have, people that travel five days a week, then come on the weekends and it works for them. Right. It just wasn't going to, personally, it wasn't going to work for me. Right. Because I had for too me. much, I had too much guilt to be gone. Right. I didn't want to have that for my family. It was something I didn't want. And that was the point where I, I was, I became, again, I was comfortable in my role. I realized I did not want to move up because I didn't want to travel anymore. But then I was tremendously bored in the job I was doing. Right. Although I liked the people. I had an awesome team i have so many good reps and and people that worked with me that, and, and co-managers and directors that were like friends genuine friends of mine right but the job became monotonous it was the same job for too long and that is just not i wasn't building and creating anything anymore so a little fun fact about mike he's had i call armor coffee <laughs> idea number 89 yeah. because this man had a new business idea every probably four months. Yeah. He's always been like that. So can I, I, can, I, can I name a couple? He's very, yes, he's a very <laughs> entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit. I had, I had a, so I have all business plans right now. I have an indoor motorsport 
company, which now exists. They're called like Andretti's and whatnot. But I was like, I'm going to do electric cars inside. It's going to be awesome. Well, there's a business for that now. He always creates things <laughs> that actually get created really soon. I, had a med, I, have a, I actually have a pending patent on a on a, a pillbox that actually helps you manage your medication. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have I that. a, what else? Um, I had a vintage car that I wanted to, to restore vintage cars and motorcycles and turn them into like electric vehicles. So I have like old school, like 60s and 70s vehicles with EV. Okay. Right? I was, that was called Bang Shift Motors. So it's going to be a good one. It's actually kind of cool name. Yeah. What was the name of that one? Okay. <laughs> You had the health med spa. Yes, that was. You what, actually had a whole storefront yeah. with like stickers on. Yeah, the I was about to do stuff. it and then pulled out of the lease. But yeah, and then I had. Uh, yeah, that one was. Yeah, that would have. Again, all these things were were so things is, I wanted to do. Yeah, Mike. So Mike, for a long time, sadly, it's like always, a lot of ideas. I just could never get to execution because part of it was, I was. I how do I say this? My career was going so well that it's hard to leave a job, and it becomes almost scarier when you have a lot of delta from the risk of like, I'm going to leave this job and then whatever. Now, the truth is, is fast forward along, you know, forward and we talked about this. What's the worst case scenario? You know, you know, God forbid the business fails, it stinks. I can find another job. I right. have a lot of, I have a lot of skill in, in, in the industry that I was in. I could go back and work and or even take a job that was, you know, a little entry or, you know, position to yeah. do it. I, I, we could find a job to be able to make means. I think part of it is that early on was like the risk and the fear of like, if this fails, this is going to be more. And, and running right. from failure was initially kind of some of my resistance to starting these businesses earlier on. Oh, I get that. I'm not a risky person whatsoever. I feel yeah. like. Says the entrepreneur herself now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I started a business from my house. Yeah. And so it's a little different. I feel like it wasn't super risky. I was just risking my time, honestly, yeah. you know. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, I, we, had, we, we talked it. a little bit about that, but it was that whole conversation, like make it a hobby or make it a job. Yeah. My, make, make a choice. Yeah. And it's okay because you were, but you were, you've always, you were, you've, you've always treated it like a job, but so let's fast forward back into the armor coffee I, and well, how this no. became, because the business, the last business we had and the one that I was fully moving business. forward with was Armory Coworking Facility, Armory Coworking and Cafe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's right. right. I forgot about that. So that's the plan that happened after my MBA. And I was like, this is genius. I, my mind, it was genius because I like, I like, it was good. The way I look at business is find something there's a need for and create uh -huh. a solution for it. It's not that simple, like, and make sure people can pay more than you pay for, then you make money. It's like, it's, you know, it's not the most difficult concept, but it's also at the same time finding something that really needs it. Right. So the armory was a co working facility that had a cafe and a coffee shop connected to. Right. And that was the business that I was like, we're moving forward. And it went, we, I had a full business plan. I even lined up financing. We didn't we sign almost the, signed the lease. We were the at a letter of intent for building. Yep. And the only reason it happened is, you know, you pray through things a lot in the era of faith and we really go deep into like, hey, God, give us, give us direction on this one. My brother was going to be my ops partner on this and he ended up getting a really um, unbelievably awesome opportunity with commissioned artwork pieces. My brother's a fan, he's fantastic. An if you don't look him up, John, at John Todrick, at Jonathan Todrick on Instagram, he's, he's an amazing, yeah. amazing artist. So take a look at his art. But he ended up that was the right move for him. Oh my gosh, yes. And he's <laughs> totally. he was praying about it, and he was like, "Look, my heart's not here because this is what my you know th this has been my dream." And the timing was you know it was. First, I was like, man, it's hard to hear, but man, I, I give him so much credit for telling me early on because we didn't sign the lease. So point is, we're, I'm looking at this lease. After my brother tells me, it's a day after he tells me, I'm sitting in this coffee shop, was my local coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And I, my, my mentality is like, 
you went this far, you can figure it out. You can, you can find another ops partner. You can do it, you know, like scary this Scary to do it alone. Yeah. You, can, you know, but it's scary, but I'm like, mm. should I do this? Should I not do this? And again, you know, God, give me, give me some direction and, and, and idea of what to do at this point, because I don't, you know, have you know, basically a week to be able to determine to sign this lease or not. And so the lease is out on the table. My computer is open and I open up my email as, I'm, as the, the stuff is there. And there's an email randomly from a broker, a business broker. And again, I, truth today, I do not know how this broker got my email. I don't know. Yeah. But it says coffee shop for sale in Collin County. Mike, I thought you found it on a, online, like a no, listing. It popped up on an email. Oh my gosh. Did was, I forget this? It, Probably. it popped up on an email. Okay. Co- coffee shop for sale. Collin County, it was a it was a non-disclosed one, but it was like exclusive drive-through next to an event center. And I'm like, that's this coffee shop I'm sitting in. Yeah. My local coffee <laughs> shop. And you remember, so, oh, I, so I the wheels this. the wheels started turning yeah. and it was it was a it was a small shop. It was it was an, they had a really good staff of people. There was it was kind of a strange layout. There was things I felt that was, could be improved. It was a bad on design. It. it looked super yeah, outdated. It was it like a, a coffee shop from the nineties. Kinda. Well it was nineties and then Early they, they did like a like a kind of a face job to 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 try to sell it, I yeah. think. But again, they they were they were doing their best for what they had and, I th- and they just were time to run, you know, to, to move on with it. So yeah. I remember coming back and talking to Jen about this and that weekend, I remember I think it was a Sunday or Saturday. I was telling you that we went to church and I said, let's drive to the drive through. You said, can I go talk? Remember I went to the drive through and I talked to the, the some, one of the, the kids that were at the, at the, at the uh, window and I was like, is your owner here? And they're like, yeah, he's here. Oh yeah. I remember. I remember that. and I drove yeah. you home, dropped you off, came back and ended up talking to this guy. And you know what? Yeah. I think this is a good place to put a pin in it. <laughs> I love and it. then it's what like happened? fun now. <laughs> Part two of how the heck armor came to be, mm-hmm. how it came about. We're going to talk kind of about the struggles, a lot of questions that you guys asked about dealing with fear and doubt. Um, what does business look like now versus when we started? Um, what's the market like? What's the hardest part about being an entrepreneur? We're really going to dive yeah. into some questions that we've gotten. Um, and we'll talk about our business specifically. Yeah. And the best part about it is part two is available to listen to right now. So you can go ahead and click over on on part two. Right. Can I ask you one question? Before? Please do. Do you like risk? I hate risk. It's a fun game. Oh, the board game? I've never played it. Well, then how can you say you don't like risk? I just don't like taking risks. I don't like gambling and stuff. That's what On that note. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. All right. Go listen to part two. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. You, Me, and Mike is a production of The Rambling Redhead from 13 Media. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are available. While you're at it, leave us a five-star rating while you're there. Have an idea for a topic you'd like us to discuss? Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send us a message on Instagram. We would love to share your idea on the show. For a daily dose of our crazy lives, follow us on Instagram at The Rambling Redhead and at Mike Todrick. And catch No Demo Reno on HGTV. Remember, part two is ready to be listened to right now, so go do that.